The Three Caballeros, 1945. Following the success of Saludos Amigos, Disney created a direct sequel exploring more countries and culture through animation, this time primarily on the shoulders of Donald Duck. The two films are very much of a piece, exploring slightly more experimental animation styles and effects rooted more in comedy than hyperreality. The Three Caballeros is the better feature due to stronger shorts and better narrative connection, but it suffers from many of the same faults as its predecessor regarding two-dimensional and exaggerated representation for the sake of visual gags. Nearly twice the length of the previous film, Caballeros centers on Donald Duck as it was the 10th anniversary of his creation, as he receives a large gift that contains the film sequences. First, he opens a camera and film reel that shows him animated footage of birds, including a penguin that desires to live somewhere hot and travels to the Galapagos Islands, the birds of Latin America drawn to great exaggeration of their defining traits, and lastly a young gaucho who finds a donkey with wings. The animation being driven by reality-bending visuals is apparent from the start as Donald locks the film reel into rigid shape before it fits onto the projector, but the cold-blooded penguin further reinforces what the film has on display, pushing even further on the boundaries of antics than Saludos Amigos. The plot of this first sequence is brief and simple, and the penguin eventually breaks a piece of ice into a boat. The best gag among the short is when the narrator mentions a blanket of fog rolling in as a literal blanket made of fog is seen rolled up and unfurling onto his boat. This is followed up by a foghorn being heard and the narrator suggesting they are near Cape Horn. It is gags like these that define the Disney short and brand of comedy that is considerably distinct from the feature style before these packaged films. Donald's documentary continues as he sees various comedically depicted birds from the Andes, most notably the Arakuan bird, who is invented as a character to torment Donald. His bright red appearance does not resemble the actual birds that have been referred to as Iroquois or Araquan. He eventually exits the projected image, further bending reality to scream at Donald. He appears multiple times in the film as a sort of trickster god, able to bend whatever setting he is in to create as much havoc as possible. The third and final part of this segment is the flying gauchito, which does open on a bird until a new narrator takes over and glosses over it, once the narrator's younger self walks on screen. The dynamic of the narrator describing a past event while simultaneously instructing his younger self is one of the funnier concepts working in the film, and creates many effective visual moments but ultimately the segment does not amount to much narratively nor in conversation with the rest of the film. He details all the dressings of the gaucho repetitive of the previous film, although better suited to a character that is not goofy, and details his journey searching for a condor. As the narrator struggles to remember the details, the boy in the scene must tolerate the setting changing under his feet multiple times until finally he is on solid ground and the condor is revealed to be a donkey with a condor's wings. He enters a race with it and wins handedly, but his secret is revealed and cannot collect the prize, the narrator saying they flew off never to be seen again. After the segment ends, Donald opens his next present, a magical pop-up book of Bahia with a tiny Jose Carioca singing and talking fast, bewildering Donald again. This is where the film begins to become more visually ambitious, including Jose duplicating into a chorus line during his song and changing outfits through quick motion. He shrinks Donald by hitting him with a large hammer and the camera zooms into the book as they enter it like a portal, the setting becoming an abstract and angular forest with neon pink and green flora surrounding the train track they are traveling on. When they arrive, they are still in a book, but the pages turn to reveal expansive bias streets that begin to incorporate live-action elements and actors. Live-action becomes a consistent element for the rest of the film, and this is the most interesting aspect of the movie, especially because much of the narrative is predicated on Donald trying to win the affections of women. The sequence is musical and impressive, with actors responding well to elements animated later. 
Donald's jealousy in the sequence turns his face literally green as he grows horns before attempting to use a hammer to kill the live-action actor singing with Miranda. He is unsuccessful, but the composition of the shot is great, and eventually she does pick up and kiss Donald in another composite shot, effectively sidestepping the technical limitations as she does so away from sight, her back facing the camera. They follow her in song again as her arm movements bring personality and life to the now fully animated world around her, bouncing to the score. The segments of the film become increasingly more visually abstract and further depict Donald's lust for women, both of which are surprising looking at the studio's brand and formula now. Before Donald can open his final present, he must return to his normal size, and Jose instructs him in a quote, black magic song and dance that allows him to blow up like a balloon. But Donald's mimicry of Jose feels tone deaf and does not work. This results in his body morphing wildly in shape, reflective like a balloon surface, further pushing the abstract image and movement despite the image always remaining recognizable in identity. Afterwards, there is another musical sequence with a vibrant and erratic backdrop reminiscent of the waveform soundtrack in Fantasia. As the shape behind Donald and Jose bounds and stretches to the music, it makes shapes of the instruments being played until the characters pull them out and play along. Now 40 minutes into the film, the final gift is from Panchito, a new character and the third titular caballero, a Mexican rooster cowboy, whose design is more questionable than Jose's in how it depicts a culture on a surface level. It is Panchito who tells Donald about Mexico, before they take a magic carpet ride over Mexico City and its beaches, the trio animated on top of documentary footage. The characters interact with more live-action people and the educational dialogue is slightly more engaging from a character than a faceless narrator, but not by much. Donald is still trying to get lucky with women here, at one point running blindfolded and kissing Jose by accident. He is so driven to fulfill his needs that he torments an entire beach, as the hectic flight of the carpet creates wind-blowing away umbrellas and towels for all the women below. He eventually chases them on foot, his menace animated very well with how it integrates into the footage. Following this is another musical segment, this time without a physical plane to speak of. The live-action singer performs from within an animated star in abstract space as it changes around her, and Donald with it as he tries to win her affection. After this, a physical plane returns and Donald joins the woman singing now on a fully animated stage with various animated cacti. When given feet-like bases to step around, these images become very phallic, and when Donald chases after this woman, he is often greeted with a cactus at his face in reversal, much like the kiss with Jose in the previous section. Many cacti in the scene take the shape of ducks, and the singer's movement brings life to the animation around her, making several duck-shaped cactus plants triple in size into the larger, phallic figures as she makes Donald sing her song back to her, which he does in gibberish. The film then accelerates towards its end through more action and absurdity and Donald's surreal reverie as he rushes back into his room with the form of a bull, unable to find release for his id after a full film of attempts. Jose and Panchito play matador with him, their red flags splitting and rejoining seamlessly until the bull explodes in fireworks, going up into the sky and revealing three ending cards in the flag colors of Mexico, Brazil, and finally the United States. While the animation is impressive on technical levels and shows development from the studio, most of it rings hollow in a way the formalist era never did. Both good neighbor films reduce culture and countries to symbols the same way they do the personalities of the Seven Dwarfs with little consideration, regardless of how impressive the on-screen spectacle may be in a vacuum. Despite all this, the Caballeros brand has maintained recognition in parks, a brief 2018 television show, and appearances in the DuckTales program. As for the studio's features, however, some of these problems are left behind, but the package film styles continues to keep them afloat for the rest of the decade. Next up, Make Mine Music, 1946.
please go to ghostofjoe.com to see all these essays. You can also find a link to this one directly in the show notes of this upload. And there you will find in-text citations and works cited. And share it with anyone who you think cares a lot about Disney animation. You can also find myself on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. The music used in this audio version is from The Skeleton Dance, a Disney Silly Symphony short. Thank you for listening and reading.